0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 81. Thanks so much for joining me today and taking time out of your busy day. Um, I'm sure you're as busy as I am Summer's just around the corner. Um, I have a great interview with Ray today from Co- Co- Positive Coaching Alliance. Um, it's great. Um, it puts, I think it puts everything in perspective as far as coaching goes. He's a former high school coach, has a huge career um, coaching, and now he's trying to make a difference. So, um, But before we get to that, I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors over at teachhoops.com. If you're looking for a resource or a mentor, I have something perfect for you. It's teachhoops.com. Um, it's a great place to find everything you need to be a coach. Check it out. Um, join our community. If you are liking this at the end, uh, if you're liking the interviews, if you're liking um, you know my format with talking, talking to other coaches, please please subscribe. Please like this. Um, it just makes our reach more available and uh, you know we're able to do more things and reach out to different coaches. So subscribe and like if if you can. And here's right. All right, so I never sure how to start this. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, <laughs> for all the podcast <laughs> listeners. Half, I, I'm I'm thoroughly convinced that half the podcast listeners are either driving their cars or running right now. So, that's true. Yeah, if you're driving, make sure you're looking because I just watched some of Ray's videos and I love them. The I think they're called baseline drives. But and then uh, if you're running, run faster is what I'm telling you. So I'm I'm <laughs> happy to introduce. Help me out here. Ray Lokar, right? Correct. I got yeah. it. I got it. Um, so, Ray, the way usually, usually the way I start these is I kind of throw the ball back into your court and have you tell us a little bit of your journey. Because I saw your resume, and holy cow, you have done a lot of things in and out of basketball. Um, but just kind of give us a summary of, of your journey through this whole kind of adventure.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I have three older kids and a son that's a freshman in high school. I was just talking to him the other day uh, about, you know, kind of my life and where, how it's taken me to, through sports. And I realized early on that that's where I wanted uh, wanted to be. Even in uh, in high school and, and junior high, I was the commissioner of athletics. So I knew that I wanted a job in sports somehow. Um, went through the route like everybody else played. And started to play in college and my old athletic director from high school got me a coaching job at a little middle school close by teaching afternoon PE while I was still in college. So I <clears throat> hung up the sneakers and, you know, started coaching right away. And, um, so, uh, been in a long, long time and it took me a lot of different places and, uh, just kind of evolved and went from one place to the other. Uh, a lot of times, you know, Steve, I think like, like most coaches, um, predicated on what was best for the family at that particular time, you know, so, uh, you know, kids come along and you dry drop down, you know, when my oldest son got to high school, I decided it was time to leave the college level and come back to high school. So I started doing that. Uh, then it took me to a couple of high school jobs and ended up back at my alma mater where we won a section title down here in California, which is kind of a big deal. Um, and then, uh, I was invited to a thing called the mentor coach Institute. Uh, but was put on by positive Coaching Alliance, and I think I spoke up too much, and about three weeks later, I was at a quarterly meeting and have been speaking full-time for them uh, for the last 11 or 12 years. So,
1: so Tell us a little uh, bit more about a chance
0: to go all over the place.
1: Tell us a little bit more about that, because you know, again, half the people I have on here is total cold calls, it's Twitter, it's Instagram. I, I just reach out to people, sure. and, that, and that's what yeah. I love about this game. People are so welcoming. But but what what where you kind of stepped out and where where I kind of saw you in the in the social world or the basketball world was the the sports positive thing and that, and it seems to have really taken off in the last I don't know year year and a half could you tell us a little bit more about that because I'm very intrigued yeah
0: yeah it really really has I mean we started uh, or they started in 1998 as a little nonprofit out of Stanford's athletic department and a little itty bitty. Uh, office in the secondary gym and has kind of grew to a national nonprofit with 20 chapters or regions that we service with, you know, board members and national advisory board members and we, uh, um, you know, put on 1,500, 2,000 workshops nationwide a year for coaches and parents and athletes and administrators. Really on how to get the best out of out of sports for their kid on and off the uh, court or, or or fields or out of the pool um, it's non sports specific and uh, you know we really really have benefited from uh some coaches that are most recently become really prominent just for Focusing on the process instead of the result, and that's a a large focus of what we talk about that I think it's lost on parents at such a young age. They worry so much about, you know, the final result, whether a kid won or lost, or what select team they're on, or, you know, how they compare to somebody else, and really we want kids to focus on, you know, giving their best effort, trying to do what they've learned, and being able to manage mistakes. Um you know if they can do that they're gonna be as good as they probably should be, so um that kind of intrigued me early um and I was still kind of in the coaching world <laughs> um, and uh started to speak and promote our program at positive coaching alliance uh from there and uh and it's just become a situation where um you know i'm I'm doing so many of them across the country i do thir- them to 13, 14 different states, working with, uh, you know, all of those different groups and trying to put them all on the same page and make a little difference, one organization, one school at a time, I think.
1: And is there any specific, like, national basketball organization? You're, are you are connected with USA Basketball? Or are you connected with any?
0: yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, we we uh, have a a tremendous amount of support from a lot of governing bodies, Um, the NBA, Junior NBA, AAU, uh, USA Basketball. All support uh, what it is that we do, Um, but it's not like I said, it's not sports specific. uh, USA Baseball, Major League Baseball. Um, RBI programs, you know, uh, local, local teams, local pro teams in each of our regions are are really big supporters. And our national advisory board includes, you know, coaches like Phil Jackson's, our national spokesperson, um, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, Larry Brown, Dean Smith in his uh, passing was one of our early earliest uh, advisory board members, uh, Brad Stevens. So, um, you know, kind of what we go out and share are stories and, uh, from them and, and then research from, you know, a lot of sports psychologists, uh, and, uh, researchers from around the world really on, on what works best. So it's really not opinionated, uh, solely. A lot of it is, is research based, um, you know, on how kids really perform the best.
1: And, and, and what, what one bit of, I mean, I don't want to get your whole spiel, but what's one bit of advice you would give parents that are listening to this? I, I know what I would <clears throat> yeah, say, I think, <laughs> but go yeah, ahead. I
0: think one, one of the things we, you know, we talked about is, is, uh, you know, already is the focus on the mastery of the sport instead of the, instead of the scoreboard and the result, you know, focus on your kid's improvement and the effort that they're given and, um, being able to, you know, bounce back from setbacks and failures. And that way they're going to progress through the system as they should, um, best. And the way that you communicate them with them, um, is huge too. You know, one, one of the big things that we talk about uh, one of our national advisory board members, Carol Dweck wrote a book called mindset that talks about how you should praise your kid really. Um, And it helps them develop a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Great. I love that.
1: I love that too.
0: Yeah. 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 When you praise them for how talented they are, they, uh, they think they're, they're achieving because they're talented. And then when they struggle, they think, well, I'm just not that talented. And they kind of level off. But if they get praised for their effort, then when they struggle, they just think, "Well, I got to try harder and put in more work." And that's really what we want to develop is that that um, you know that mindset. And you do that through you know this ratio of what we try to create is um, five times as many positive memories to criticisms
1: and corrections.
0: Yeah, and and that's really hard. And that's really hard.
1: That, as a teacher and a coach that is i mean i have i try to do even more than five because i know if i think if i try to get seven to ten i know i'm gonna get five it's, it's for sure it's you know it's just so hard i mean i notice it in my classroom every day it's just i'm yep. always correcting i'm always correct it's like well no that was well, good because that's tried, yeah. that's in our
0: yeah that's in our, our job description right we've got right. to correct mistakes and we got right. to make things better and and so I think the the key point there is that, you know, during the other times we gotta go out of our way to catch them doing something good and try to create as many positive memories as possible. And and it's not just the coach that's involved right. in those memories, right? I mean it's the administrators, it's the school, it's the legal organizers. It's teammates and it's the parents, you know. Coaches and teammates could have a great culture, and a five-minute ride home with the wrong mom and dad is going to send
1: that ratio into the toilet. (laughs) Amen. Uh, What about (laughs) what about specialization? Do you talk about that?
0: Uh, We 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 encourage multiple sport specialization. I get on my you know individual soapbox um, during most most workshops about that because yeah, we're you know so much research now is going out there on you know, how many opportunities there are for multiple sport kids and how coaches really like that um, as opposed to the single sport kid and the benefits of multi-sport specialization and the downfalls of, you know, single sport specialization too early in terms of burnout, not only physically, but mentally.
1: Well, I think that's Um, a huge thing. I think, I think burnout's a huge thing. And I, and I, and kids, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think until you get to 13 or 14, you really know what you want to do anyway. Um, (laughs) and your body hasn't stopped changing and i mean all the studies show that 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 you're using different things when you swim than when you throw a baseball than when you run a 400 or 440 i mean all those things are using different you're basically cross training is what i tell all of our parents it's like they should play as many sports as they can they're all helping the other sports Uh, they really are
0: You know, and and the other thing, Steve, I think that, that people get lost on is I think one of the hardest things to get young kids to do is to really compete. Right. And, you know, when you're training during the off season, you're not really competing for a purpose. You might be, you might think you're training hard and you're competing against yourself, but you're not representing a school and you're not, you know, really, you know, playing for a reason that, that, matters to a bunch of other people Um, whereas uh, you know one one year we won our section title Um, you know I think on my basketball team I had a left tackle that ended up going to uh, Kansas another left tackle that went to San Diego State a linebacker at UCLA a shortstop at San Jose State (laughs) and a bunch of D3 players and one D1 kid that was mid-major you know And, uh, and we were pretty darn good, but those kids were competitors, you know, because they spent their off season, you know, playing, playing for a reason. I'd rather them do that than, you know, really dribbling through cones or, or, you know, being on the gun, although that stuff is great and they need to keep their skill work up. But they right. need to compete and play, you know, play hard for I, for a purpose. So I always tell <laughs> I always tell important. my
1: youth coaches I want a competitor. I want a kid that I can't sit down and play a game in Monopoly with because we won't be talking at the end of the night. Because that's <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you compete, w- w- my family by the time I was like ten or eleven, I had an older brother. We couldn't play board games because we were all four sure. of us were so competitive. We couldn't play board games. No one would talk to anyone for like twenty four hours because it was just like like it was like a death match kind of thing. And that's all, I mean, right. you, you, you just want the competitive part. You know, obviously, as we grew older, we, you know, we adjusted to that. But, um, and that's what you get by playing different sports. I, I think, and yeah. I don't know if there's been research on this, but, you know, obviously, there's the exceptions to the rule, like the LeBron James of the world that are just not normal. They're not, he's not a normal human being. He's <laughs> one in seven billion. Right. That, sure. that it's sometimes good to play other sports in the sense that maybe you're not the, the guy or the gal. Part of it is accepting yep. roles. Part of it is accepting, Hey, I'm not the best baseball player. I might be the best basketball player in my m- middle school, but now all of a sudden I'm the fourth best baseball player. I have to accept a different role. How do I fit into the team? All that stuff is life lessons that I don't, I mean, that that's one of the reasons I coach is because of those life lessons, I think.
0: Yeah, and really, you know, our whole philosophy of Positive Coaching Alliance is is uh, creating a mental model for coaches. We call them double goal coaches. You know, they're, they're, the most obvious goal is to go out and strive to win and prepare your team to do so. But the more important goal is the life lessons the kids are going to learn along the way. They're going to, you know, benefit them for a lifetime, right? So right. Um, that double goal coach model is really kind of the basis behind what we talk about. And, you know, we you, you mentioned the parents. Um, what we try to get you know, the culture to understand is that if the coach's job is to strive to win as the first goal and the second and more important goal is to teach life lessons, we want parents to look at themselves as second goal parents, right? Where the life, helping their kids absorb the life lessons that the coach is trying to teach is their most important role, right? Right. Not to worry about the wins and losses and how the coach is trying to do that, right? But how we're going to teach commitment, work ethic and attitude and sportsmanship and grit and accountability and all that stuff. Um, that should be the parent's job. Right. You know, to support the coach and teaching those. Because if I'm a coach and I'm trying to, you know, teach a lesson of commitment and work ethic and maybe sit a kid or not start him or change his role because it's lacking and the parent is bad now for me or talking at the dinner table or calling the administrators, that lesson gets lost. Right. So you need you need the parent support in order for the kid to develop those things to the best extent possible.
1: And I think you do a great job of that from the research I've done is, is part of a lot of it, Of at least I found from someone that's coached a really long time. A lot of it is communication. You know, yep. the parents in my program know that the kids are supposed to be in, I mean, I think being on time is an important thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> not being late. It's called Lambo time. You're 15 minutes early. You're not 15. You don't show up right at, you know, 11 o'clock. You show yep. up at ten You're always, so I talk to my parents about, Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm trying to teach them lessons that when they get a job, that this is gonna help them. And and I you know, I always talk about it in terms of a triangle too. You know, it's 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 the coach, it's the player, and it's the parent. And when that triangle is in in a perfect world, oh, we're good, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sports is great then, right?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> when all it's when things it gets out of together. balance. Yes, it is.
0: You know, the funny thing that you mentioned too, Steve, you were talking about board games with your kids um, or with your, your brothers and sisters and, and, you know, how competitive yep. they would be. I, I think that, that there's a, a hidden lesson there too for, for kids and parents and, and teams and schools is that, you know, a lot of times you demonize your opponent, you know, you think you've got to hate him in order to get up for the game or you create this animosity, um, and when you think back to, to our, our brothers and sisters and our friends, we probably played harder against them than we did against people that we didn't know. So I would argue the reverse that maybe if you love and respect your opponent, it will actually cause cause a more competitive environment, and you're going to play even harder in trying to you know do well and win than you would if you you know tried to drum up some phony hatred for your for your rival. You know, to get to get up for the game. Um, I always think that that's funny when I think back to to my youth. You know, I I, I would be like you. I'd always play harder against people that I knew or loved, um, and would would end up playing poorly against teams that I hated because you know I tried. Sometimes you try too hard. In in sports, a lot of times you got to try easy.
1: I think. I mean, that that is, I mean, I'm gonna literally pause. That's profound. I I have never heard that, and that is so. That is so true in society, and I mean, it's true for me. If I could look at a mirror right now, it's like, I know. I mean, there's rivals in our league. It's like you try to demonize them, and you shouldn't, to be honest with you. I think you're right. Um, I think back some of the rivalries my boys uh, have had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I I went to Bishop Ahmad High School in Southern California, and we ran Sports Illustrated back when I went to school with St. Paul High School as, you know, one of the top ten rivalries in the country, which really meant – You know the bottom 10 worst rivalries right Right, because there was there was that hey there was that hatred and it was terrible and and i think back to you know how awful it was and would be on the news regularly now if if that was the case people would be cell phone videoing you know the the confrontations that we had um you know but but i think we got we got to understand that that's that's a little little different now you know we i think that uh people in society are starting to understand that the whole Friday night Tykes, you know, um, <laughs> culture is not, is not one where we should go.
1: No. And yeah. And the thing is we live in a world that it, it, it's, it's, it's feeding the other it's putting 12 year olds playing little league baseball on, on ESPN. <laughs> it's playing yep. the national high school championship game on ESPN three. We're going media is trying to push this the other way. So we have to fight back against it. Um,
0: yeah, that's the great point, right? I mean, it's a great opportunity for those kids to get a chance to do things and to be on TV, and it's awesome. And I've been at our Little League Western Regionals out here in California. It's close, very close to to where, where we live. So I've been to – I bet you I've only missed two or three of those, you know, tournaments since 1992. And uh, a couple of things that interest me all the time, Steve, just about athletes at that age – is that those kids that are there are always great kids and they're really polite and respectful. And to be honest, a lot of fan bases are really, really good right. once you get there. Right. Um, and, and it makes me think uh, of uh, you know the different options. Does that league not have any parents that are crazy or kids that are bad? Probably not. And, or do they just not pick those kids? Well, you know they usually pick the best kids for All-Stars, so that's probably right. not the case either. And I think the real answer is that you know, kids that don't have that kind of character and parents that don't support them in the proper way, just don't win enough to get there.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're right. I I would yeah. I never thought it from that angle. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's an interesting, yeah, because you see that in, in, you know, we just live in a society right now where everything is like you said, cell phones, Snapchat, quick, quick satisfaction and then and to build a team and build that positive feeling takes time like i tell the boys anything that's worth anything in life takes hard work and takes time for for the time yep um you know the lottery ticket thing is the exception to the rule (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah yeah isn't it so you go all up and down california
0: yeah um well, word, we, yeah, we started word, at Stanford. I'm in, Southern Calif- I'm in Southern California, just east of Los Angeles. Okay. Our Los Angeles region handles like from Santa Barbara to San Diego. So like a 120 mile radius, okay. but I travel, I'm, I'm going to Montana in two days to talk uh, to a USA baseball group for major league baseball um, oh, wow. and part of our RBI partnership there. Um, so yeah, we have you know we have chapters in Tampa and New York and Boston and you know we're we're all over the place and um, it's uh, it's it's growing and I think people are starting to understand the movement. Um, you know, besides all of those supporters, we we, we got support from from Fox Sports. Uh, their charitable arm is called Fox Supports, um, and they gave us a, a Super Bowl ad. I mean, at halftime, it went Lady Gaga, Disney World, and then Positive Coaching Alliance. So that just helps the, the visibility. And I think that PCA is going to start to become, uh, you know, the, the brand that is an acronym, just like, you know, MLB, NBA, Junior NBA, or, you know, baseball. I think that, you know, we're starting to make those inroads where, um, you know, people are going to recognize that this is just how coaches need to be trained.
1: And, uh, and how have you, are you connected with state associations?
0: In some states, uh, states require um, our uh, our training. Uh, we've had support from you know Arizona, different different coaching organizations uh, down here in Southern California. Our local CIF LA section uh, is starting to use us uh, for a number of years. I went back; well, it's still in uh, in place. We have a, a partnership with Hillsborough County in Tampa. They have, uh, it's the largest, uh, high school district, 36 high schools or something in, in Tampa. And we train every coach in every sport, um, year round, uh, for the last five or six years. Um, and, uh, and they don't get paid unless they come to the, <laughs> to, to our training. So, and is it an uh, online training? Is it, uh, well, we do
1: training? have,
0: yeah, yeah, we do have an online option, you know, so that you get the content, but, but what we do best is deliver online or, or live workshops, um, for, uh, you know, groups and schools and organizations to, to each of those different constituents, right? We'll, we'll do, lead, you know, lead leaders and administrators, uh, coaches, parents, and athletes. Uh, and there's a separate, um, you know, there's a separate training or workshop designed for those groups specifically, but all with the intent of using the same terminology and getting everybody kind of on the same page so that we we'll all have the same goals and, you know, trying to achieve the same things and treating kids the same way. Right. So, I mean, I
1: think that's probably that at some point a huge inroad, you know, I know California is not normal in the sense that you have so many (laughs) different, I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, like Wisconsin has one state association. They run everything. You know, Iowa has one, you know, all that kind of stuff in the sense that I think that. From a from a high school coaching standpoint, that would be an – I mean, we already do like a pre-test. We watch a video. We do all that kind of stuff. We yep. have to do some sort of training like that pre-season. Yeah, and, be, you, and know. you know,
0: as many – as as much as we can, those, uh, <clears throat> you know, those, those trainings and those workshops are interactive and, and we get the coaches involved um, to where, uh, you know, they're experiencing the learning together a little bit. And it's kind of neat to get – you know, coaches from different schools and different districts together to have conversations because we're all kind of facing the same problems. Um, so, so yeah, it's a really valuable uh, opportunity for uh, state organizations or, you know, individual leagues or even school districts. You know, out here in, in California, in our area, we have a number of uh, local school districts that have adopted us for all of their high schools in the district, which uh, is, is kind <clears> of <throat> um, been something that's growing. That's kind of the direction that we're headed.
1: Yeah, and, the, the, school and the school districts are so big that it it encompasses so many kids that it doesn't yeah. Yep. Um so explain to me where this, this started with Stanford. Did it start with a professor? Did it start Yeah, with, so
0: Jim Thompson, Jim Thompson, our founder and executive director, he was a he was a little league uh coach of his son's team and he was a lock-on uh, girls' coach at Fremont High School up in the Bay Area at the same time as he was in charge of the global business program or something at Stanford, and all of those things kind of collided, and uh, just had the opportunity to start this this nonprofit um, with the support of Stanford's athletic department. That's kind of where it was spawned, and obviously it's grown out of that little bitty office to a, a larger office in Mountain View, um, but it's grown nationwide since then, uh, so that we have you know executive directors and you know a number of different uh chapters and board members and uh um you know people that do the outreach and then about 150 speakers or trainers like myself that that speak all over the country uh to each of those each of those different groups um the website's positivecoach.org so it's easy to okay, easy to yep. find i'm going to i'm going to give uh, you
1: some i'm going to give at the end we'll get all your contact stuff and i'll put it in the show notes so all cool. the people that are listening don't stop your car don't grab a pencil We'll, we'll we'll take <laughs> care of it in the show notes you get home you can look it up um so where do you what What would be your ideal like five ten year thing what do you where do you see this going
0: yeah i mean you know i i think that there's probably you know room for another half a dozen different uh different chapters in some major major cities and major organizations or major areas uh in the country and um, you know we want to reach as many people as as we possibly can and we'd really like some of those terms that we use you know words uh, words are so powerful they create this mental model in people's minds on how they're supposed to act and behave and stre- you know what they're supposed to stress um, and and I think you know things like the double goal coach you know that right. should just be standard people you know coaches should understand that no I, there's two things I'm trying to do I'm not just trying to win I'm trying to teach life lessons and if I'm a parent a second goal parent I'm working on those life lessons and we want our athletes to be what we call triple impact competitors. You know, we think there's three ways that you can impact sports. You can either um, work really hard to make yourself better. You can be a great teammate and make your teammates better. Or you can play in a game that just makes the game, the sport, the organization better. You know, those are the three ways that that kids can really, you know, make a make an impact on what it is that they're doing. And some kids do one of those better than the other, but we want them to strive to do each one of them as much as they possibly can. So
1: um, terminology you know, with those is kind of key. things
0: in mind. Yeah. yeah,
1: isn't it just like it, in sports, right? It's I so mean, important. You know, I, we use a lot of PGC terms, so we talk about breaking a window. So when I yell that to my boys, they know what it means. They mean, you're going to pass over the ears. You're going to pass over the hips. They kind of know what I'm talking about. So that would, I mean, for, for your organization, you got to think that's one of your goals is like every, if we can get everybody on that same page, we've been (laughs) successful. We
0: talk about the Elm tree of mastery, right? E-L-M is the acronym we want, right? We want kids to give their best effort, you know, to learn and to worry about mistake management. Right. Right. Effort learning and mistake management. And you do those three things, you know, over and over again, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty good and win the games you should. So, um, you know, between that and the five to one magic ratio, and then, uh, you know, and then we, we talk about respecting the sport and honoring the game. You know, um, we use the acronym roots for the five things that you should respect about sports. You should respect the rules, your opponents, the officials, your teammates and yourself. You know, and if you do all oh, of those like things that, that kinda of becomes a guideline for life a little bit, you know, roots. Right. Um, those are things that you can use outside the lines too, right? Outside the lines, rules are laws and you gotta respect the people that enforce them and you gotta respect others and family, friends, coworkers. And it just kinda you know, sports is just a laboratory for life, right?
1: It is. It is. I mean it's a reason <laughs> i it's the reason I started it. It's the reason a lot of people I've talked to on this have started it. It, yep. it, it's a mission. It is actually, that's what people don't understand. It's sure. It's about wins and we all want to win and we all want to do that, but there's so many bigger lessons that can be taught. Um, for sure. And, and, and the thing is I'm a math teacher by profession. So the, the voice I use between the lines resonates <laughs> sometimes better than, than the one when I open right. my door and walk in, it's crazy.
0: Sure. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You know, Mandela was given away a sports award one time, and he says, sports speaks to our youth in a language they understand.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. And I mean, as you, adults can, you don't can sit yeah. there
0: and talk about people. Yeah, right. If the adults, if the adults don't screw it up, right? Yeah. But you can talk to those kids till you're blue in the face, and they're not going to remember everything, but throw them a ball and keep score.
1: Yeah. Right. Right, and they'll remember everything. Oh, so that's a great idea. Maybe yeah. I'll just teach them all the math and we'll go play basketball at the same time.
0: We'll do something like that. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> all right, are there any other but things? The whole grit I have, and
0: I... resilience thing is, is huge too, right? Being able to deal with failure, I think that's one of the biggest things that, that kids, you know, can't handle these days is how to deal with setbacks. When I watch, you know, like I'll watch, uh, I used to watch American Idol when it was on. Right, yep. and somebody would get, you know, somebody would lose, and they not make it to Hollywood, and they'd cry and throw a tantrum. And I always turn to my wife and say, you know, that person never played sports, yeah. <laughs> right? They don't right. know what it's like to lose. <laughs> so, um, when my daughter graduated from college, she she got her doctorate. She's Dr. Thomas now. She's not <laughs> Dr. Lokar. She got married. They're married. Dang it! I don't even get that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So she's Dr. <laughs> right. She's Dr. Thomas. But when she graduated, I, you know, I told her, Hey honey, I'm proud of you. And, and you know, how did, how did you do that? I mean, you're my kid. How did you make it through that program? And, uh, and she said, daddy, I never would have made it if it wasn't for shooting slumps and losing streaks. Yep. Right. Yep. The tough stuff is the, the tough stuff that we try to protect kids from is really, that's really the things that makes make them into great people that are going to, you know, be able to overcome things forever.
1: We want them to fall down down and scab their knee, and then we want to pick them back. That's the analogy I I want to pick them back up. I want to clean it off. I want to give them a hug and a kiss and then send them back outside to play. And that's we lose that. We do it when they're four. But when they're twelve, yeah. we stop doing it. It's crazy, you know. Right. We
0: try to put them all on the same team so that they they win every game, and right. you know, then when we move when they're not playing and they're not struggling, we move them to a different team, and yeah, we we hide them from stuff like that, and they need to they need to get over it a little bit and struggle, embrace and, the struggle. Right? And
1: I've noticed, I've noticed as a as you know, I coach volleyball too. I've noticed that kids aren't even willing to try anymore. Like if I'm not going to play and I'm not going to be the star and I'm not going to be this, I'm going to go do something else. They're not even willing to be a member of the team, which is, I think, such a lost, it's a lost thing in our society, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So do you have anything else you'd like to talk about with that?
0: No, no, I think okay. that's great. The other thing, though, you, the one thing that you touched on is the multi-sport thing. And, and, and sure. I want people to, to try to pitch in on this one, too. And, and you know, let's try, to, let's try to really work on that one. I'm, I'm really, really working hard on trying to find a model where instead of creating all of these different travel clubs and AAU clubs, <laughs> um, you create a, a multi-sport club that, that really caters to those families and those kids that want to play so that you're not fighting over, you know, athletes and telling them they have to be at the baseball tournament instead of the basketball tournament. You know, you're going to work with them and, um, and have a, some sort of periodization of training that's appropriate for each of those sports. Cause right now in travel sports, you don't really do that. They just play three different seasons. Right. You know, they just play a bunch of games. Um, so, so that's really been on
1: my mind lately. Is that's a great I think you a might model. Have, I think you have something there i have never yeah it's a second you're my second you're my second one tonight and guys I've, I've had some aha moments it's like you almost right. need to say okay i'm gonna take these 12 kids and we're just gonna play sports together and some of kids are gonna be yeah. better at some things we're gonna play baseball and then we're gonna go to do soccer and we're gonna work on can you know dynamic warm-ups and we're gonna do this and then we're gonna have a pizza party and we're gonna i mean that that's right. what we need more than i'm gonna be on this 12 year old you know aau team and we're gonna to travel to dallas texas every weekend and blah 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 yeah. you know and um, I think
0: it speaks to the point that you said earlier where, you know, your, your best basketball kid might not be your best baseball kid. And so he's going to have to figure out right. you know how to fit into, you know, some sort of a role where he's a supporting cast guy instead of the lead actor. So, um, yeah, so that's something that I've really been bouncing around. And, and I just want to try to figure out a way where I can do that and still help the local, the local rec league instead right. of taking kids from them. Right. Every time an AAU club or, or a travel team pops up, they steal kids from the yeah. leagues that are really made for everybody else. And now those leagues are not viable and they're shutting down. Right. Um, and and uh, so that's really what I'm struggling with. To and I think it's going to really hurt it, little league. I think it's going to hurt some of together. those things
1: after you completely. Know, I do. And we're long haul. That's a great, right yeah. right. yeah. If you solve that one, let me know. Cause <laughs> that's a you great thing. Uh, yeah. That's a great thing. All right. So I'm going to do, I always end with rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question Good, go for it. and just a quick, yeah. quick answer. This is going to be a little bit more basketball related rather than just generic, but we'll, you've coached you enough basketball. Holy cow. All right. Number one, what's your favorite basketball? Uh, I like the Wilson jet wide scenes. Ooh. I All right. One word to describe your ideal player. Uh, tough. Okay. One sporting event. If you go to one sporting event only, what would it be and why? Uh, the
0: final four, um, Ooh, okay. because of all of the people, all of the people that are there and just the hoopla and the chance to see, uh,
1: uh, you know, old friends. Yeah. I've been to one. It's awesome. Um, yeah. your favorite, your favorite pregame meal.
0: <sighs> yes. Um, you how you said, you said one word answer. I'm going to say steak. Okay. And can I break out of yep, rapid yep, fire for a out. second? Yep. I we we had a great trainer. I was at Pomona-Pitzer College for a number of years. Our trainer was Kirk Jones, and he always used to say that you know we we always try to eat differently before a game, and sometimes that messes with our system more than it helps us. So we should eat the way that we normally eat, so that and and you can't overdo it and all of that stuff. But I thought that right. was that was interesting. And I remember in high school we, we used to get steak dinners. So I would eat steak, even though it's probably not appropriate. Probably. You're supposed to have carbs. <laughs> yeah, right? you're supposed
1: to. And actually it's more than the night before doesn't do enough. It's almost gotta be forty eight hours. So um Right. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh what what's one thing you do to relax? Uh
0: I like to sit and watch the ocean. Southern California's beautiful,
1: Steve. It is. <laughs> I'm I'm actually going to California. It's leaving Saturday, going to visit a friend, friend who works at Apple up. So we're going up to the, um, we're going up to San Francisco, San Jose lives in oh, San nice. Jose. So yeah, we've been, yeah, I've good. been before I'm taking my son who's a freshman and my, my wife. There and, you go. Uh, it will be fun. Yeah. We're going to do the touristy good stuff, to you. you know, you do in San Francisco. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, best basketball player you've seen in person.
0: Um, I mean, I saw Jordan in person, so I'd have to I'd have to say that. But in high school, Steve Stefan Marbury was amazing.
1: Oh, really? I yeah. Saw that one up
0: close. I saw that one up close and personal from the second row in a tournament out here in California, and he was phenomenal in high school.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I saw Tyus Jones in high school. He was crazy good. Played, played mm-hmm. just like he did for Duke. Um, best player of all time? MJ. Okay. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. It's 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 hard to go across to generations. Argue. Yes. Uh, yeah. One yeah. thing that helped you become a better coach, Coach Wooden. Why?
0: You know, I grew up in LA, and and uh, you know, grew up a UCLA fan um, from the time I realized I wanted to be a coach. Uh, you know, studied him closely. I tell you, here's here's a great article. I think everybody should go back and read. It, um, it was a 1975 research uh, by two educational psychologist named and Gallimore and it's titled what a coach can teach a teacher. And these two guys followed coach wooden for a, a, a year and charted all sorts of acts of coaching yeah. um, and put it in a percentage. Um, and so early on I tried to, you know, I, I taped myself one day, you know, an audio tape way back then right. and uh, realized how far off I was. And, you know, scolding and instructing and the information. And I was fortunate enough to to coach uh, a couple of coaches uh, last basketball camps before he retired. Um, and then one when he came out of retirement when he was in his 80s, uh, his very last camp in the early 90s, which was which was great. But he was a big influence uh, on my life for sure.
1: Uh, best game you've seen in person.
0: Ooh, um, Wow, yeah, coached in a lot of them that nobody would know about. Yeah, you know what? Uh,
1: I I just had somebody just say the exact same thing. I would pick a game I coached in too. I think that's gonna that's gonna be a common answer. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Um. (laughs) What's uh? uh, Where am I in my list here? Uh, one word to describe your coaching style. Caring. Ooh, I like that. Yep. I think mean, that's I, the
0: biggest thing, Steve.
1: Loving, you know, I put loving because um, I love my guys. I yeah, my that's bank awesome. with this That's year. perfect. Yeah, yeah.
0: So one of those, one of those baseline drives that you talked about. You know, I talked yep. about caring, care, think, and try, and uh, you know, those are the three things I think you got to do. You got to care, think, and try. But love is really caring to the greatest extent possible. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. Because I had a group so, yeah. this year. i I I started five seniors first time in thirty years. I've started five seniors and uh it's Mm -hmm. crazy you never do that it doesn't seem like and um I'd moved like three or four of them up when they were freshmen and it was just I mean it was I mean they knew I would run through a wall for them and they would run through a wall for me and we had had ups and we had had downs and we had cried and we had yelled and it's like it's like it's yeah that's what love is you know it's like I still get teary-eyed thinking about them but all right um one book you'd recommend someone read
0: mindset by carol dweck
1: i agree i mean it's hard to have a growth mindset and maybe it's because i'm old i fight it every day
0: (laughs) it changed the way i parented steve you know i mean my three older ones i didn't lavish praise on them but this research happened you know when my youngest son was two three four and now i just i mean every time he does something i try to think of a way i can relate it back to some work that he did right right and you got an a on that math you got an a on that math test because you did your homework Tyler, right. right right that's that's what it's all about
1: yeah there's it's a payoff um yeah so so can i what i will do <laughs> and i found it easiest is i will um i'll get your contact information i'll put it in the show notes so people want to get a hold of you um got it your your web page all that kind of stuff and i really yep. appreciate you being on here You're making a difference in the the world you know what i mean i'm telling you we all try to make a difference but what you guys are doing is um and that's why part of me that's part of the reason i teach part of the reason i coach is you know it's the meaning of life in my opinion we i want to i want to leave the world a little bit better place and i think you guys are really doing that so i really appreciate you appreciate that
0: that's That's an awesome way to put it yeah yeah thank you very much thank you if we all look at things that way, the world's going to be a little better place. Appreciate the opportunity to be on.
1: Thank you. Thanks coach. Thanks Steve. Talk to you soon. Hey everybody. I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm going to please go subscribe and like, um, leave a review for me, you know, leave some, leave some comments there. Hopefully they're five stars, but leave some comments. I, you know, it helps us um, get, bring more of these to you. So, if we can move up to the podcast chain, I'd really appreciate it. I'm gonna also invite you to go over and check out membership site um, at teachhoops.com. You know, it's the, I think it's the essential resource for any coach coming. Whether you're an experienced coach, whether you're um, a coach that's won state titles, whether you're just starting out and coaching your fifth grade daughter, um, it doesn't matter. It's it's got a coaching level for you. You know, we have an extensive on, online to, um, video library. We have bi-monthly office hours, which helps us build our community. We have an exclusive, both on our website and in Facebook, a social community where we can interact. And you get one-on-one mentoring from me. Um, you'll get my personal email address. Um, I'm willing to talk to coaches all the time. Those are the ones I respond to very quickly, the ones that are members of teachhoops.com. Um, it's a place for coaches to, to learn the game, to, to, to hone their craft is what I referred to. Um, So, as a listener of Coach Unplugged, not only do you get a 14 day free trial, um, well, I'm going to give you for the next couple months, we're going to offer an exclusive 10% off for the lifetime of your membership. So, if you do the monthly membership, you'll get 10% off as long as you stay a member of teachhoops.com. Just use the coupon code SAVE10. So, again, thank you very much for listening. Go over, subscribe, like, review, um, and have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.